Hello and welcome to Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. We have breaking news from this morning. The Iowa Wesleyan University Board of Trustees voted unanimously to close the institution at the end of the current academic year. The decision is based on financial challenges, including increased operating costs due to inflation, changing enrollment trends, a significant drop in philanthropic giving, and Governor Reynolds' rejection of a proposed proposal for federal COVID-19 funding. Despite experiencing unprecedented enrollment growth and success with efforts to address economic and workforce development challenges throughout Southeast Iowa, the university's overall enrollment has not yet reached the threshold needed for financial stability. The closure will affect over 850 students, faculty, staff, families, alumni, and the entire Southeast Iowa region. Iowa Westland has secured four teach-out agreements with William Penn University, Upper Iowa University, University of Dubuque, and Culver Stockton College, ensuring that students can complete their programs on time and for a comparable cost. Additional teach-out agreements may be added. When the university closes on May 31st, the physical campus will become the responsibility of the United States Department of Agriculture, and media briefing will be held on March 28th, attended by Iowa Westland Board Chairman Bob Miller and President Chris Plunkett. Students at Washington High School staged a walkout protest on Monday against a state law requiring students to use bathrooms corresponding to their biological sex rather than their gender identity. The students who said the legislation was harmful to transgender students gathered in Washington Square during school hours. Organizers argued that the law was unnecessary and harmful and that students were unlikely to change their gender identity with criminal intent. Some students in the bill would make things far worse for transgender people as a transgender person would have to use the bathroom opposite of their identity. A new policy for bathroom use allowing students to request alternative arrangements was criticized as insufficient. The Professional Organization of Women Eastern Region, or POWER, raised $3,500 through a silent auction, 50-50 raffle, and community donations and donated the money to the Mount Pleasant Community School District Libraries. The donations will be used to purchase books and educational materials for the libraries. Power President Casey Conrad expressed gratitude to local businesses for their generous donations and recognized their support for the public school libraries. The organization's efforts have provided necessary resources for the school district to replenish its libraries. Mount Pleasant High School sophomore Alexis Wagner has been selected by Access Energy Cooperative to join around 40 other Iowa students and nearly 1,000 students from across the United States for the 2023 Youth Tour. The tour from June 18th to 23rd will take place in Washington, D.C., where Wagner will learn about American history and government, visit historical sites including monuments, museums, the U.S. Capitol, federal agencies, and other points of interest, as well as have the opportunity to meet with legislators in the House and Senate. The Access Energy Cooperative Director of Member Services and Public Relations, Kimberly Davis, said they have been selecting students for the youth tour program since 1958, and that the cooperative currently selects up to two students each year to participate in the seven-day trip. The cooperative is committed to educating youth on safety, energy conservation, cooperative forms of business, as well as other things pertinent to the electrical utility industry, and the youth tour allows students to have conversations with their legislators and learn about things that directly impact their lives. The Iowa Department of Transportation announced road work on Highway 1 and 78 in Washington County beginning on April 3rd that is likely to complicate residents' commutes. The work is scheduled to last until late October and will include replacement of culverts and reconstruction of the roadway in two stages. During the first stages, the roadway from the Keokuk County line to the entrance of Lake Darling will be closed from April 3rd until early July. The second phase will close the road from Lake Darling to Brighton's western city limits from the remainder of the construction time. Those traveling between Richland and Brighton will have to take a detour route north through Washington and Westchester along Highway 1, Highway 92, Washington County Roads G38 and W38, and Keokuk County Road W15. 
Access to Lake Darling State Park and private properties in the work zone will be maintained during the project, but drivers are advised to obey posted speed limits and use caution around construction sites. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at the weather and sports. Since 1905, Kelowna Cooperative Technology Company has helped our community stay connected with the latest advancements in clear, dependable telecommunications services. KCTC provides rural Iowans with access to high-speed fiber internet, as well as phone, television, computer repair, and cybersecurity solutions. We're also proud supporters of local organizations and area schools within the community. KCTC, keeping Kelowna connected. At the Capper Auto Group, we put our customers' needs first and understand that everyone is as different as the vehicle they select. We offer new Ford, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, and Ram vehicles in a friendly environment that puts you in the driver's seat. When it comes to service, we maintain factory-trained technicians and competitive pricing. The Capper Auto Group still believes that service after the sale provides the best customer experience. Come see the Capper experience for yourself. Tammy takes the time and has the personal interest in each one of us. I don't worry about what's going to happen because I know my policy is taken care of. She pulls what I need and puts it together, which is the program I get from her. Every year she calls around September or so and says, there's changes again and I'm going to do the best thing for you. It's been perfect. She does a great job. Hospice isn't a place, it's a type of care that focuses on living. Servicing a seven-county area, the Hospice of Washington County staff of nurses, social work, hospice aides, spiritual and grief support, volunteers, music and massage therapists are able to provide free end-of-life care where the patient lives. We write wills, give consent for organ donation, but rarely is there a plan for what we would want the final phase of our lives. At Hospice of Washington County, we encourage our patients to be in charge of their health care decisions while maintaining quality of life. Welcome back to Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. We have your five-day forecast coming up, but first, obituaries. Susan R. Brazil, formerly of Mount Pleasant, passed away on February 3rd at the age of 69. His celebration of life will be held at 4 p.m. March 31st at City View Celebrations in Moline. Kimsey Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. Joseph M. Oshwald of Mount Pleasant passed away on March 24th at the age of 69. A memorial service will be held at 10.30 a.m. April 1st at the First United Methodist Church. Kimsey Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. Nam Kunison of Mount Pleasant passed away on March 24th at the age of 64. Murphy Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. Jack Thornton of Salem passed away on March 22nd. Arrangements are pending at the Murphy Funeral Home. Arvid H. Anderson of Crawfordsville passed away on March 24th at the age of 98. A funeral service will be held at 11 a.m. March 29th at Swedesburg Lutheran Church. Jones and Eden Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. J. Roy Myers of Fairfield passed away on March 25th at the age of 88. Visitation will be from 10 a.m. to noon April 1st at Benner Funeral Home. Donald Jean Johnson of Winfield passed away on March 23rd at the age of 88. There will be a graveside service for family March 30th at 4.30 p.m. at Winfield Scott Township Cemetery. Robert Eugene Glowy of Fairfield passed away on March 23rd at the age of 75. Funeral services will be at 1 p.m. March 29th at the Cranston Family Funeral Home. Keith Dale Watson of Stockport passed away on March 23rd at the age of 85. A celebration of life will be held at a later date. Benno Funeral Home is in charge of the arrangements. That was obituaries. It is now time for your five-day forecast. The weather has turned out great today with a high of 51 and sunny skies. Temperatures will fall to 40 degrees tomorrow and it will be cloudy in the morning then clear off later in the day. On Thursday, temperatures will shoot up to 64 degrees and be partly cloudy. There's a 62% chance of thunderstorms on Friday with the high rising to 71 degrees. 
Finally, on Saturday, temperatures will fall to 49 degrees and it will be windy. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at sports. Federation Bank is a locally owned bank providing award-winning customer service. We believe that we are more than just a federation of banks, but a federation of communities serving Brighton, Richland, Wellman, Washington, Iowa. Federation Bank's highly skilled staff is here to make sure you are able to accomplish your personal and professional goals, whatever they may be. Federation Bank, your family bank. Family owned and operated by Andy and Sarah Ross, Ross Auto has been your vehicle repair and maintenance headquarters since 1935. We specialize in all makes of cars and light duty trucks. With our variety of available services, let us help you keep rolling and your vehicle operating efficiently. Services include general auto repair, alignments, brakes, fuel injection, and more. Schedule your appointment today at 319-653-5656. That's Welcome back to Newsbreak. I'm your host, Nick Steffens. It is now time for sports. Sports. Brought to you by Fairway. Southeast Conference boys basketball gave fans everything they could have asked for in 2022-23. After the dust cleared on the SEC season, just one team sat at the top, that team being the Panthers of Mount Pleasant. The Panthers finished with an 8-2 record for the top spot in the conference. Washington followed close behind with a 7-3 SEC record. On this year's All-Union Big School Boys Basketball list, Mount Pleasant leads the way with three distinctions. The Panthers come away with the captain, coach, and one player. Washington and Fairfield both earn two player selections. Mount Pleasant head coach Eric Rawson helped the Panthers to one of their best seasons in the past four years. The Panthers finished with an overall record of 18-6 and won the SEC crown at 8-2. At one point through the season, the Panthers reached as high as number eight in the Class 3A rankings. The captain of the team is Peyton Hagens, a junior from Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant guard is the sole player on this year's list that is not a senior. Higgins proved in his junior campaign to be one of the top players in the area. His standout season was cut short right before the postseason play by an injury. Prior to the injury, Higgins was a scoring machine with the ball in his hands. He wasn't too bad on the defense end as well. Higgins averaged 20.7 points per game, the second most in the SEC. He was third in the league with 8.2 rebounds per game and 3.5 assists per game. He also was second in steals at 2.4 a contest. Ethan Patterson from Washington also makes the list. Not many could shoot the ball better than Washington's Ethan Patterson. The Demons playmaker and lead guard showed again why he was one of the top players. Patterson averaged 19.5 points per game, which tied for third in the conference. He led the league with four assists per game. He also led the SEC in three-pointers made per game at 2.8. A Nashton from Mount Pleasant also makes the team as one of the best at getting to the cup in the SEC. The senior guard was fantastic at finishing around the rim as his 14.5 points per game ranked second from Mount Pleasant and seventh in the SEC. AJ6 rounds out the team. He was an integral part of Washington's success this season. The forward did a little bit of everything for the Demons, whether scoring, rebounding, or defending. Six finished this, his senior season averaging 10.4 points per game along with 5.8 rebounds. 
points per game ranks second on the Demons, while his rebounds were the team best. That's the news for Southeast Iowa. I've been your host, Nick Steffens. This has been your news break, and I'll see you next time.